welcome to a brand new episode of the Football Corner. My name is Vikram, and fresh from our studios at Sproutbox Surivillas, I have Mr. Bharat Kapoor sitting next to me. Bharat, say what's up to the good people. What's up, people? I'm so excited about this episode, <laughs> and I haven't seen your lovely face in a while, Vikram Aditya Singh. I know, man. It's been a while, and uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. City finally, finally got beat, and we're going to be talking about that in detail, aren't we? Lots and lots and lots of detail. Let's go for it. Let's do it. But before we kick off, I'd like to take a moment to do a quick shout out to our sponsors, Makers Box. If you're a creator or an inventor or just love doing hands-on DIY projects, you need to come check out this awesome maker space at Sproutbox Surivillas, New Delhi. You can find out more on makersbox.in or in our show notes. Let's jump into it, Bharat. So, which game are we going to be talking about first, Vicky? I don't know, man. I don't know. Burnmouth had one. an interesting one. True. True. Everton had an interesting one. No, not at all true. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be talking about the game. I think it was a match of the season, let alone the game week. So, yeah, City City lost finally. It happened. Every week we seem to be having a match of the season game. It's it's amazing. What an advert for the Premier League. I mean, most of them have been have been games that decide second place, third place, and all of that. I mean, this game also decides second place mostly above anything else. But City lost, and I don't know. I didn't see that coming. I mean, I didn't see it coming, but I'm sure I've mentioned this enough times. If there's one team that's capable of turning Man City over, it's Liverpool. That's true, man. I mean, I guess they're humans too, and uh, a lot of teams going forward this season and and whatever going forward next season as well will will try to pick up a lot from what Liverpool did, particularly between like the forty eighth to the seventy fifth minute, where they just had a mall session on City's defense, and uh, they got to take a lot of hope from that, right? So City's going to be playing in all the cup competitions. They they have a lot of games to play before the season ends, and I think it's a good good learning that Pep gets and a lot of other teams get about how to play City. Well, we saw it in the League Cup where Bristol City did a pretty good job against City. They came away with a 2-1 loss and they played the the second leg at home. But obviously, they don't have anywhere near the kind of quality that Liverpool possesses at the moment. It's the thrilling three that we're talking about. Mane, Firmino and Salah. Which reminds me, we've got Salah. <laughs> na, 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 na. Uh, and money, money. Anyway, I'm done. That one's that one's nonstop. It's like everywhere, isn't it? Dude, speaking of speaking of, sorry to cut you off there, man. But I know Coutinho's gone, and um, uh, it's like Fab Four's become whatever adjective insert adjective here three now. But uh, adjective uh, starting with T. My dear. Yeah. Do, do you think Do you think Oxlade Chamberlain did enough to become part of a new Fab Four for Liverpool? You sent me that image. <laughs> I actually made that myself. I'm so proud of it. Really? Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, who is this awful graphics editor? Yeah, that, that was me. All me. Um, uh, I think there's a, we have a long way to go till till we even think about uh, Oxlade Chamberlain in the same breath as Coutinho. But this was definitely his best showing for Liverpool. Easily, by far. The stats back it up as well. He had more interceptions. Um, he covered more ground, and he he was just everywhere. He was all over the place. But I can't just single him out for praise. I think the team and Jurgen Klopp especially deserve a lot of credit 
they had a game plan and they stuck to it it was that ferocious gegen press that borussia dortmund were well known for and uh, used to used extremely well against pep's bayern as well and uh, now klopp becomes the manager with the most wins against pep guardiola that's a five. pretty big feat that's five wins no one's ever ever managed to do that or come close that's pretty impressive yeah i agree with you and uh, i think gegen pressing was big reason of you you could see it in the city players right i haven't seen these guys um have such loose passing all across the board right like even even people who are as stable as like fernandinho for example were just giving the ball away constantly and it showed and uh, one thing about liverpool which which everyone's seen for this season is uh, especially is their attacking prowess one player who, who i was really 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 impressed by was uh, andy robertson man he had sterling in his pocket whole game the whole game he had sterling in his pocket killed it he killed it from that left side and like even when when he was pressuring down by the end of the game if you remember he was he was down he pressed every player with the ball and pretty he was, much he was he was in um city's left back city's spot city's left back spot he was in city's was box pressuring edison so that was amazing i think he had a great great game and to to nullify someone like sterling who i mean well he had a he had an awful game but he also got he was put under a lot of pressure not just by the team but also by the fans because he was returning to liverpool and um you could see his his lack of experience per se come into play there and him not being able to do what he did and if you notice when he got subbed off um guardiola actually hugged him and and spoke to him for a good 5 seconds before he went to the bench i'm assuming which were like words of praise and being like you know don't worry about this you got it this is this is something that you have to go through to 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 develop as a as a player and stuff like that so it was just such a fun game i don't i don't remember the last time i laughed out loud while watching a game right and when that fominio goal came which was oh my god such a good goal just to cut you off there do you know robbie fowler who's a robert fowler uh-huh. scored the exact same goal the fominio goal exactly the same goal there's no difference between the two goals i believe he scored it against united that's such a good goal man and the way he just pushed stones off the ball and the presence of mind to play that touch and Edison looked like a third class third 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 class keeper but he's not a third class keeper he's he's a very very good keeper and how unsettled he looked throughout the entire game just goes to show how well Liverpool played and even though they had like what 30% of possession by the end of it 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 didn't show and the only the only lacking part that i saw in liverpool's game was them just letting go of the pressure by the end of it allowing city to come back i mean they've been known not to put games away and it's it's been a big issue with them throughout uh, uh Klopp's tenure at least almost city almost pulled a draw out of the hat but i mean if you forget those last 15 minutes liverpool were flawless pretty much i think the gegen press worked really well liverpool had a plan they stuck to it they were going to pressurize the man city center backs because uh city love playing the ball out from defense and 99% of teams let them have it because they don't want to lose their shape against city because if you lose their lose your shape and city play through you you're screwed it's over and liverpool just were fearless they pressed like animals and it just showed and as much as i'd like to praise jurgen klopp i'm not happy about the two goals being conceded at the end but at the same time those two goals give some perspective on the fact that liverpool do have a balance issue it's not going away a 4-1 would have glossed it over a lot and people would be like oh you know title challengers next season this and that i don't believe that even at this point in time you need a new keeper for sure i mean carrius near post fine it was a thunderbolt but 
still near oh, post the sane goal the sane goal uh, i mean i i was i was least impressed to to say the least i agree i agree i mean no matter how how thunderous a shot it is covering your near post is like keeper one on one just talking about that sane goal for a second i know wind was a big factor in this game it was it was um in city save in the first half and liverpool's in the second but do you remember that ball walker sent towards sane it was so, it was so good it was so good i mean uh, uh i think it was made better by but, gomez's lack of judgment let's be honest those but, crossfield balls by these but you can't you can't blame gomez here because of the wind as well it's very easy to misjudge a ball like that especially when the wind's in your favor so if the wind wasn't a factor gomez probably had the right idea where it was going to land but i don't agree with you on that he's a center back playing at right back that's one of the big reasons why that ball went right over his head but as a defender you're playing against city their passing their precision is top class and you you wait for that ball to to settle and come down rather than try and go attack him because he just took a touch on his chest and he was away and then gomez got done in again when he tried to recover he was completely wrong footed and then sane got the shot in so it was a bunch of individual errors i think matip could have done a little better as well he got squared up completely by sane not not taking anything away from sane he's a really nice quick player with really twinkle toe feet so um, so i think the keeper is definitely an issue um liverpool do miss klein at right back as well gomez trent alexander arnold filling in it's fine um, this season it's 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 a good development for those guys but two things that definitely might have changed the outcome of this game one david silva playing he was a huge miss i reiterate and people can hate on me all they want he has been city's best player since he's arrived at that club kdb may be hogging the headlines aguero may be scoring the goals jesus may be you know sacrificing himself for the team but david silva makes that team tick if there's anybody who can play through a ferocious press is david silva so he was one of the huge reason and no no disrespect to gundogan who's a good player nowhere near the class of david silva and the second was i actually read this and and heard this as well that because of dortmund's ferocious press pep once actually tried to bypass that press by playing long and actually had manzukic up front and maybe even played javi martinez right behind him just just so that he could have that aerial presence in in his attacking third i think once in a while as as much as pep has his philosophy and he's proven everybody wrong that it can be done in the prem with this philosophy he could have played or or told his team to play a little more sort of suited to the way liverpool were going to play because he, he knows he knows klopp really well klopp was going to press the hell out of him he should have just gone a little long tried something different so i think pep might have missed a trick there and saying that even though they've been reeled back by 3 points they're still going to win the title at a canter that's obviously and coming back to your point about silva silva's gundogan is a no brainer um about your point about playing long he also needs to have the players up front to be able to do that right if it's hesus is not um a factor in this game so it's aguero sterling and sane and they're they're not the tallest players and uh, they have a different skill set which is running with the ball at the defense So I think he played with what he had. He he didn't have much of a choice there, and Aguero was completely nullified in this game, as was uh, Fernandinho as well. And I, I give a lot of credit to Emre Can for that. Emre Can and Andy Robertson were the unsung heroes of this result, according to me. Obviously, the attack prowess for Liverpool is is for all to see, and all all the three 
Fab 3 got on the score sheet with tremendous goals, individual tremendous goals. But um, without Chan and Robertson doing what they did, I mean, Dejan Lovren started the game and you could not have, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't tell that he was on the field because he never got involved in anything. He didn't need to. Chan and Robertson, Robertson just taking care of that left side, Chan taking care of that central defense. It, it was an exceptional display from all of them. And Jurgen Klopp's team, Liverpool being um, um, so good attacking-wise, is it's easy to give them flack if they mess up defensively, which um, they have been doing, hence VPD coming in. But in this game, the way they set up and the way um, uh, the responsibilities were dispersed for Chan specifically, I think I think Klopp masterminded this to the hilt, man. It's massive job. Totally. And I really, really rate Chan very, very highly. He can be... A little poor with decision-making at times. He can dribble the ball, take too many touches at times. But he's an absolute beast. He commands that midfield like nobody else in, in Liverpool. L- Henderson, no, don't even get me started. They can both probably play together, but then it'll have to be both of them as a holding midfielder. Chan does not lose defensive challenges. He will recover that ball no matter what. So, I agree with you. I think he had a fabulous game. Um... Liverpool were ruthless and Man City got exposed and we were all waiting for this to happen. Now let's see how much this knocks the confidence of City. They have a lot of fixtures coming up. They have the return leg of the League Cup. They have FA Cup and then Champions League starts. So it's probably not going to be what we thought, you know, City going to win the title in March. But, you know, it'll be really interesting to see the next few weeks how they pan out. That's interesting, man. I, I agree with you. And um, another thing that I want to talk about is we actually had, um, this is one of our predictions in the last episode about um, what we thought the result would be. And we actually put it up in our Facebook group. And uh, I just want to give a few shout outs to a few people who responded there. Sandy Lamba, who said that Liverpool's going to go, Liverpool's going to take this away with a 2-1 victory. And who also re- later posted uh, about how City hasn't won at Anfield for almost 15 years now yeah, was one of the firm believers. A shout out to him. And um, uh, the other one being Aditya Chatwani, our dear old friend, also a Liverpool supporter, said this would be a 3-2 for Liverpool. Close enough. He was pretty close. And a lot of people played for draws there, including you and uh, and a few other people. I, I obviously predicted a City win here. That being said, I've had, I've had a few conversations with people after this game where they were like, this particular result and the way the match played out was the way it was going to be. And that's something that I can't take, to be honest, right? No one expected this. No one at all expected this. And if you say that this was the expected scoreline or even the the way the match played out, the number of goals that were scored, the way City was dominated, I'd like to see your fantasy team. Because for sure, you'd have a few game weeks where you scored maybe above 100 points, but you're probably sitting mid-table in all your leagues, right? I don't think too many people expected the scoreline, even though it's meant to be Don Hutchinson on Premier League, um, doing the shows he's the pundit on Premier League he predicted a 4-3 either way he said I'm not sure who's going to win but it's going to be a 4-3 in my opinion that's so a different match then right if it plays out that way if he's thinking it's going to be a 4-3 either way he thinks it's going to be a goal fest and like which team comes out on top is tough to say but this wasn't a 4-3 like it sounds like on paper yeah. this was a Liverpool domination yeah yeah, it was so uh, I've, I've had a few arguments after that man so I just wanted to take a little time and, and address that on the show Liverpool completely outclassed City here and no one expected that no one expected it for no one expected them to do it the way they did it is my point here and props to Klopp and the entire team there 
I think it's a good template for teams that can actually execute it. Ninety-five percent of teams can't execute it, but the likes of well, United will never even try being that open under Jose. But the likes of I think Chelsea and Tottenham, possibly, uh, especially Tottenham because Poch plays a similar pressing game to Klopp, might uh, there might be different results in the reverse fixtures for against those two teams for Man City. Let's see. Let's see. So I, I guess now we know the formula to beat City. Just sell your best player before the match, <laughs> <laughs> isn't it? Uh, well, that was player, a cheap shot, but make I a lot of money and then you go. Yeah, I mean they just stole Coutinho. Did look at it. Imagine if this game would have had Coutinho in it. I wouldn't. I this would have been a different result. I agree. Actually, this would have been a, a different point. result. Liverpool would not have won this game with Coutinho because that mid he does not provide solidity to midfield. As much as the creativity is there um, against City, you needed pace. And you had pace and abundance with uh, Mane and Salah, and then Firmino stitches everything together up front. So those three occupying those three forward positions is really important. But if Coutinho came into midfield, Liverpool would have probably not been able to press as much as they did uh, uh, with with the three midfielders that they played. So I don't think this would have been the same result. I think Liverpool might have actually ended up losing this game had Coutinho played. That's a good point. Moving on to another game, which was also a goal fest. Uh, Tottenham ended up playing Everton, and uh, well, guess what happened there? I didn't expect that. I mean, I kind of expected it, but then I thought it's Big Sam, and and he's just gonna shut up shop and maybe lose by the odd goal because he loves doing that. He actually re- called out his players in the press conference after the game, saying that they were not professional enough. I'm not a big fan of that, especially. Since this is like what your tenth game in charge or something like that, your twelfth game in charge, I think you should be protecting your players a little, a little better. Yeah, fine. After the second goal went in, they just kind of lost interest. But then that's down to you and how tight a ship you run. Yeah, you haven't been there for too long. But if you manage to solidify them that much, then maybe you should have just gone with the same game plan rather than let let uh, Kane, Son, Ali at all run riot, which is what they which is what they did. And this is also after um, ever since Big Sam's come, Everton had a decent string of results. It's not like they've been losing like this all the time. So to come out and say that about your players after a result like this is actually, it's very demoralizing for your team as well, right? I mean, let's see, let's see how they come back um, and and hit it next week. But Harry Kane, man, the guy can't just stop. He's he's now Tottenham's leading goal scorer in the Premier League. He just crossed Teddy Sheringham. Um, I would be shocked if he doesn't cross Shearer. I'd be shocked, and I think. Probably the only guy we can see doing that in the next two generations, three generations. That's if, he, that's if he doing. doesn't leave as well, right? True. What if he goes to another Premiership club? Or he I goes don't to United. He's a typical. Man. He's a typical United player. You know, homegrown. <coughs> that, that he is. Expensive but, as hell. Uh, but think about it this way too. It's he. If he goes, I I would see him going outside England. It has to be Real. It has to be Real, right? It has to be Real or it's nobody else. And it's the it's the way Real's summer potential transfer signings are shaping up, the way Benzema's been off-color, Ronaldo's been off-color, and Perez is just hinting that he's just going to splurge and splurge. I feel like if he goes, it'll be to Real. Well, Real's talking up signing Neymar, Mbappe, Harry Kane. She's like buying PSG. Basically buying PSG. <laughs> and... If I were a player and I were given even twenty percent less wages and had the chance to play for Real as opposed to PSG, probably go, wouldn't I? 
most successful club in the history of club competition and for someone like kane playing time is also not going to be an issue he's obviously going to slot in as as the first choice 100% there. because they uh, need to freshen up their squad big time mm-hmm. uh, benzema's i think pretty much done and dusted bale can never get off the treatment table ronaldo at the moment seems like he's past it he could come back and prove us wrong like he has umpty number of times i think the issue issue with ronaldo there is uh, regardless just keeping his form aside uh, it can't be a factor obviously he's he's such a great player he can always um, um, kick start that again it's how unhappy he is at the way i don't know what it is i mean they now talks about a, a ronaldo neymar swap deal and Uh, him wanting to him wanting to lower his his bio clause is one billion. I mean, Bollocks. who the hell's going to pay that? So Nobody's he wants that. he wants he wants Perez to lower his bio clause to about eighty million so that teams can actually buy <laughs> Which him. Which is what he got sold for, and that was like the record transfer fee at that time. Anyway, no, no, no. I, I uh, agree with you on the fact that he's not happy. He's not getting a new contract. Um, you know, I think the biggest uh, the biggest problem is that he needs service to score. and he's not been getting that. Cruz and Modric have been really off color this season for some reason. I think they're just really jaded. Um because both of them are first names uh for their countries as well. And the fact that they've been in so many competitions with Real, they won the Club World Cup etc. So and the World Cup is coming up in a few months. So I think it's going to be a pretty pivotal year for the likes of Real Madrid if they want to continue their domination of Europe. I think the Spanish cycle is slowly but surely coming to an end um i would l- love to be not proven wrong because i mean i don't know man i don't think it is to be honest it's if perez does what he's already promised in the summer and they manage to set up a team which is akin to maybe a 2002 real madrid team it's going to be a behemoth again right and it's just going to start that cycle of Real and or Barcelona's domination because Barcelona will obviously have to counter Real spending and figure out a way to strengthen their team as well. So I don't know if the Spanish uh, if we can go as far as saying the Spanish cycle is about to end but um, it's definitely in an interesting position especially where Real's position in their league table right now. Um there was an interesting joke I read on Twitter or something that Real's closer to the relegation than they are to Barcelona right now in the table. So uh shake up is is coming for sure. Um You do realize all this came from us talking about Kane, right? That's that's we, man's we've power. actually run out of superlatives for that guy. How can how how many times can you say, "Oh, that guy scored two goals. Those two goals were sublime." <laughs> It's just going to happen week after week, so we might as well just talk about. You know, he shanked his second goal into the ground. Yeah, still goes in. <laughs> yeah, it's the. It's, I think nobody like, can teach you that. That cannot be taught. Yeah, it's just the. It's, it's just, just it's just your. relationship with the universe you are born to score goals yeah finished end of story i just hope that um it's not just us who's who's waxing eloquence on on the way he's playing but it's the entire world i just hope it doesn't rub, rub off in the universe in the wrong way and the next season he just becomes a normal person again because i want to see this going on and on and on i don't want this to be a gareth bale last season at tottenham maybe flows over to a gareth bale first season and no, a half no, at real that, uh, and then gareth bale being what he is at real right now i don't want that to happen cannot happen because he's um after andre and shera he's um the person to score 20 goals plus in four consecutive seasons but andre also went to barcelona and became a different andre shera no, he lost left. his pace and he wanted to win trophies because obviously dinosaur wenger was was past it as well and shera well It was just love for Newcastle, and obviously he won the Premier League with Blackburn. After that, he went to Newcastle. Speaking about dinosaur Wenger, if you say he was past it, then what is he doing right now? I don't even know. 
I know. I have ego, comments on everything, but the ego is so big. It's so massive that the man won't start Sanchez. No, 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 no. I that that's a point I'm not in agreement with. I don't think it's an ego thing. I think Arsene Wenger is Arsenal, okay, and Arsenal is Arsene Wenger at the moment, and that is where the problem lies. Sucks for Arsenal, doesn't it? Sucks for Arsenal for sure because Wenger is now dinosaur Wenger. When he came, he was the most sort of dominant species in the Premier League. He came with fancy sports. scientists and psychology and nutrition and and technical training and rondos and you know getting uh, physical strong players to to play technically and and then just gelling that into a a monster unit that the invincibles became but when he started moving away from that and wanted to get into tiki taka uh, which barcelona propagated for the best part of two decades that's where it started going wrong because you cannot win the premier league with just tiki taka players like man city they're doing it but they still have strong players to back it up they have the likes of kdb who's not weak by the way he's technically very good but he's very strong as well physically you have fernandinho you have gundogan who's very strong and then walker stones otamendi obviously maybe stones not after that for mino goal but you you get the picture right and arsen wenger completely wanted to move away from that and after that it's just been going downhill he's the manager he manages everything in this day and age it's not possible he's getting old the workload is too much and that's why this contract situation of ozil sanchez and wilshere as well mind you who's their third best player at the moment might end up leaving for free in 6 months it's absolutely ridiculous well sanchez we know for a fact won't he's probably leaving and by the time this episode's out he'll probably be a manchester united player um i think it's like 99% done but oh, What a mercenary, huh? What a mercenary! You know, I read somewhere that if he gets his wages pre-tax, he earns seventy thousand pounds a day. A day. I mean, that uh, talking about money in football right now, it's it's ludicrous. There's there's no logic to it. So I'm not even surprised about anything that happens anymore. I just want to come back to the point about Wenger not starting Sanchez. Can you okay. just tell the uh, good good public what the actual result was and how it came about? They. They're one zero up against Burnmouth, and they lost the game two one. Sanchez is not even on the bench; he's not listed on the squad. Ozil is listed as having a hamstring injury, so he's not playing. Fine, whatever. Sanchez is not listed as having anything. It's very clear that because of the transfer talks and because of all of that, I mean, Wenger's like, oh, I want to have my squad adapted to him, life without him, yada yada yada. You're going to replace him, right? There are talks about Aubameyang coming in. There are talks about Mkhitaryan coming the opposite way from Man United. You cannot. not play your best player i disagree i've heard and read a lot that he's a bad egg he has been a bad egg in the dressing room for the best part of uh, a season and a half now is it worth a loss is my question no but the past the three guarantee? times the past three i'll tell you the guarantee the past three times wenger did not start sanchez or even have him on the squad they lost a game the past three games they've lost is because sanchez wasn't in the squad Is it worth a loss at this point in the season? You're you're battling whether you play Champions League next season. You're not winning Europa League, no chance. You're battling whether you play Champions League Champions League next season or not. You don't play your best player, regardless of him leaving or not. Is it worth a loss? Is it worth the drop three points or not? According to me, it's not. You play what you have. They're not getting into Champions League, FYI. Obviously not. Not now. That's um, five teams battling for. Uh, dude, three the spots. only the only thing Arsene Wenger, I'll give props to him for is his. his his ability to wiggle into the top 4 in the second half of the season he does something or the other 
and that was the only thing that was there and i feel it's gone now because look at the other teams battling i mean there's no chance arsenal's going to finish again and if he doesn't finish in the top 4 i think his contract runs out at the end of the se- this season but he can renew it because he if he renews it then i mean uh, i don't even know <laughs> i don't even know if he renews it i don't know how arsenal fans are going to feel let alone like not fans who uh, of other football teams and just football in general but if he goes and leaves arsenal the way he did it's uh, it's going to be it's going to ruin his legacy right i feel for arsenal fans i really do feel for them i think the reg- legacy would have been ruined a long time back had he not won those three fa, FA cups FA out of four and he's out now and um he's out of the fa cup he's probably going to lose the league cup as well they have a semi final second leg coming up against chelsea and then most likely man city in the final who uh, no chance his his legacy well what do i say i think you know after when when those two goals went in at the vitality i think most arsenal fans would have felt like something punched their gut as hard as it could like it it must have felt so bad i i i really feel for them he has to go there is no way he can stick around for another season unless he wins his standard trophy which is getting into the top 4 and if oba and mikitarian come and maybe they start gelling asap because they played together as well at dortmund they're pretty phenomenal partnership there and he stops playing ibobi who is by the way supposed to be disciplined for <laughs> partying till 3 am uh, the night before a game yeah. he started the next game i believe i mean yes he's I been in the he's been in the squad he's playing yeah and he's rubbish at the moment he's the best bet man if if you don't play if you don't make sanchez play who else is going to play And okay, talk about this. I have a question for you. If if Mick and uh, Aubameyang actually end up coming, do you think Ozil's going to stay? I think Ozil likes being a big fish in a small pond, which is definitely what Arsenal are right now. Arsenal fans, you can hate on me, no problem. Uh I think he likes doing that. He likes being the big fish in the small pond. He likes, you know, being the maestro, the dictator of the orchestra, so to speak, the playmaker. I think he might stick around and think he might sign a new contract especially now that Sanchez is going the wage bill becomes a little easier not so much pressure they're just going to give him a huge chunk of money and be like you know what listen we're getting Oba we're going to get Mkhitaryan it's probably going to be the 343 again except the only difference is talks that about Malcolm as well from Bordeaux talks about Malcolm who Liverpool are in for as well apparently and I'm fairly certain he'd want to go to Liverpool as opposed to Arsenal um current state of affairs of course it's it's a very strange one to call by the time this episode airs we might know we'll probably definitely know a lot more about sanchez and mikitarian's future maybe obamayang and maybe malcolm maybe let's see yeah let's see how that pans out i'm just i don't know i i'm all up for Wenger because Wenger leaving will also leave a void in in Arsenal just like Fergie leaving did in Man United and Arsenal will need a couple of seasons to stabilize themselves again and the sooner they start doing that the better rather than leaving it, leaving it for as late as possible uh Wenger is definitely not going out with a bang just like Fergie did he's he's going to go out in a position similar to this because teams and the competition in the Premier League is going to get tougher and tougher as seasons go on it's it's hands down the toughest league to compete in currently and it will be for the next few years so i don't i don't know man i let's see how it all pans out um um arsenal fans stay strong i guess that's all i can say for you yeah it's like we're wishing them you know get well soon it's like they're going to war or something i'll <laughs> be like yeah something come back like guys some <laughs> tragedies happened 
anyway i think uh, let, let's just move on it's a depressing topic i think you know we should just talk about uh, the team where sanchez is heading headed next which number is number number 2 a solid three point grasp on the number 2 position uh, manchester united they played stoke and won pretty comfortably had a good game three in a clean sheet lukaku scored pogba had a um, really good assist with Martial scoring a really, really beautiful goal. Pogba had two assists. He bossed that game as well. Oh, yeah. He he had two assists. You're correct. So, comfortable win there. I think Sanchez coming in would could help. I think he'll, he'll obviously take the Rashford slash Martial spot in the left uh, there. 100% is going to help because he's going to inject a lot of quality that's been missing on that left side because he gets you goals and he gets you assists. And uh, just his style of playing, you know, he if he's in a happy environment, you're paying him £70,000 a day. He better perform. He better bloody perform. That's true, man. And um, I think I think Jose has has the the right skills to sort of get that out of him, at least for a season. That's what we've seen with Jose. The second season with a new player, you never really know what the relationship um, becomes. So uh, it's it's almost a done deal, I would say. Even even Arsene Wenger has gone come out with a statement saying it's almost a done deal. So he wouldn't say that if it wasn't otherwise. So. Maybe next game, next United game, we see we see Sanchez in a in the the left spot for those guys. That'll be interesting to see. Their win against Stoke was obviously very comfortable. Table as it stands right now is um, United on second, twelve points behind City on fifty, and Liverpool and Chelsea both on forty-seven, but Liverpool ahead on goal difference by one. Liverpool's goal difference is twenty-six, and uh, Chelsea's is twenty-five. Um, the way Chelsea's been playing, I expect that goal difference. Well. It completely depends on their defense, but offensively they won't be adding too much to that. Liverpool obviously is the other way around. They just they don't fifty four goals, uh, for but uh, a very leaky defense with twenty eight against. So let's see how that pans out. Tottenham's three points behind these guys on forty four, and then we have Arsenal on sixth at thirty nine. Who I I don't know, man. Let's see how the the Jan transfer window pans out. If Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan come in, if Malcolm comes in, what effect they have on the team? But I think it's it's earlier it was between Chelsea and United. Um, all of a sudden, it's between Liverpool, Chelsea, and United. And I think as we move forward, it will be between Liverpool and United for the second spot. Well, that's uh, nice to hear from a pseudo Chelsea fan. Before we move, before we come to Chelsea, because I want to talk about them. Um, I think this, if Arsenal are not careful, and if uh, Oba and Mkhitaryan come in and provided they come in don't hit the ground running I think this could pretty soon in the next year or two years become a top 5 without Arsenal in it interesting like Liverpool was for a good part of the decade not finishing in the Champions League spots anyway best of luck Arsenal fans uh, coming back to Chelsea Chelsea can't buy a win they can't buy goals. They can't buy a win. They couldn't beat Norwich in three and a half hours of football. That's 90 <laughs> minutes at Carrow Road, 120 minutes yeah. at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. I think it has uh, three consecutive draws, if I'm not mistaken, two of them against Arsenal. and uh, No, that's four draws now. Oh, that's four draws now. Yeah, with three nil-nils. Three nil-nils. And then one a 1-1. And Dude, then, yeah, they can talk about VAR. Conte can moan about VAR. The quality is just lacking for some reason I'm, there's I just no freedom for Chelsea to play at all yeah balance is important and having a good defence is important but when your uh, when your uh, right sided centre back is giving most of the assists to your striker who can pretty much only score headed goals and uh, you don't trust your backup striker and then there's nobody else to play striker 
there are issues definitely I, there are issues i completely agree man and i i don't want to talk about this anymore cuz i feel like i do it almost every podcast every episode murata needs something he needs something to kick start his his whatever form or whatever he hit i mean i i saw him i saw him as as um a super sub in in juve and real all throughout so i was following his career pretty closely so i, I was a little skeptical when he came to chelsea in terms of him being first choice striker him being um well now pretty much the only choice because batshuai and conte i don't know batshuai what he did but uh, conte really does not like him scored a goal though he did score a goal so but pretty I, good uh, good movement good finish doesn't count for conte dude doesn't count i don't, I don't know, know. I, he didn't even celebrate he looked really sullen on the touchline everybody else on the bench was celebrating and conte just he was totally upset that he scored cuz now he has like more more uh, less am- ammo against him yeah. <laughs> but i don't know man murata just one on one with a ball trying to take on a defender or a goalkeeper he does not look like a complete striker at all right now and chelsea I'm not even sure if they're in the market for a second striker but they need to be they need to give him some competition maybe that will bolster his performances Hazard can only do so much right he can't he can't help you win every game and after a while it becomes a mentality issue for the player as well so he starts he stops playing as hard he stops oh well uh, it might seem that he's not performing as well but he's putting in the effort and uh, there talks of him uh, not wanting to sign a new contract as well by the way or saying that i'm only going to sign after courtois signs and courtois said you know i'm going to listen to real and azar has indicated the same thing so you, can you blame might him? be in trouble man you, you can't blame them right you can't blame them because two of the best players going to real that's going to be hard to replace both I mean, of them and then then it'll all just come down on aspilaqueta and <laughs> he'll be the only person who will be running and kante obviously they have a great squad if you look at their squad and the individual uh, players in the in the slots they have a great great squad right and and kante is obviously a great coach but you need you need backups there's a reason aguero and asus are playing so well right because each is a backup for the other and, and they can play together and We've they can play that. together as well and they're they're playing well so the other the backup is always thinking about that too because when they come out on the pitch they come out with an extra fire in them that i have Com- to competition of places is the most important thing in a squad you murata doesn't have that think about it murata knows ba- there's no chance batshuai is going to play if a player knows that his backup is not going to play i mean that's that's an added reason for him not to perform as well so chelsea needs i feel like they should even though murata's their record signing they're chelsea and they can afford players so i feel like they should just go out and buy a out and out striker even if that's at the cost of murata losing his place so that about wraps up this week's episode of tfc hit us up on our facebook group the football corner for your thoughts about this episode and uh, we'll also be putting up a few questions that we'd like to ask you guys and hear your thoughts on as well you can also reach us on twitter at @footballbabas that's footballbabas b a b a s or over email at tfc@munchermedia.com our theme music is provided by kevin mcloyd you can check out his stuff at incompetech.com in our show notes this has been a munchermedia production see you guys next week bye bye